2015, an elite DFS Army Commando unit formed to bring high-level DFS strategy to the masses. Today, hated by DFS sharks and lineup sellers alike, they continue their quest to turn Joe into DFS Pro. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the DFS Army Bold Calls Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kevin Allen. I am your host. I've got season-long says here. This season-long fantasy football goat. What's up, says? That's high praise. That's high praise. The goat is the greatest of all time. If I'm I'm your goat, then I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, you, what happened to the, the, the goat beard that you used to sport? I don't know what's going on. Oh. You fucking locked it home yeah, and no. you start shaving. So Everybody maybe, else locked it home. They don't shave. You lock it home. You start shaving your face. What the hell's happening over here? Yeah, what happens is uh, every about two weeks or so, I got to trim it down. And then, it, you know, in about four or five days, I get the Don Johnson scruff going again. It looks, you know, it's to my liking. It's when you have a face like this, you have to pull out all the tricks in order to look even semi-respectable but uh yeah that's why i wanted to get into radio and and doing video is is always been a challenge for me it is um clearly clearly so (laughs) now we've got a really fun topic we're talking best ball fantasy football we've been talking it all off season best ball is happening now what you want you want to scratch your itch there's best ball leagues you can play you can start making Lot, drafting teams. I love drafting. I'll draft all of that. I'll draft all summer long. I'll start drafting now. We haven't even had the NFL draft, and I'm fucking drafting. Well, this is a very specific time, you know, with everything that's going on with, you know, um, sheltering in place or quarantining, whatever everyone's calling it nowadays. But people are looking to draft right now. And I think there's, you know, people are at least holding optimism that there's going to be a football season that's going to start on time. I think, you know, everyone right now is in that mind frame and they're looking for something to do. So best ball drafts or something like that. They're fun. They're fun to do. They're low point of entry. And uh, I think that's why uh, there's, there's more best ball drafts happening now than there has been in any point in time. Yeah. And you get that, you get to scratch that, that itch. Um, now you did a lot of leagues last season, pretty early where you were, we were entering them. And the idea being, there is some edge if you're well researched well into the offseason, just in looking even at the NFL draft and some players that might come out and where they should be drafted. And then also, you know, just being sharper than the field. Like we, we could look back to last season when we were on or off certain players in a lot of our pods that it took a while. The field eventually caught up to it. But for early parts like last year, I mean, the most the most glaring one for me in my mind was. Um, Tyreek Hill, who I felt pretty confident was going to play, but he was going, you can get him like the ninth or 10th round. Now that didn't work out to make my teams great because he was hurt. Yeah, but, all it was, year. but it was the right call. What happened? What yeah. happened is, you know, you, you've said this about investing as well. It's like, uh, heroes run into burning buildings. They don't run out of them. And when, you know, what, like Tyreek Hill last year, the minute there was, there was, uh, some headlines, people ran away from him. They scratched him off their list, their draft list. And when you dug a little deeper, you realized that there was probably not a great chance he was going to be suspended. And that was a buying opportunity. And, and the price from Tyreek Hill last year went from the 10th round to the eighth round to the seventh round to the third round to no value, you know, to, yeah, first to the first round. now yeah, and, and best ball from what I understand. And this is, this, this takes us into our category best ball from my understanding cashed in 14 out of 19 leagues last season. So I got the props, right? Mm. From my understanding, it's all about value. It's never going to be necessarily about, who you picked in the first three rounds. Everybody picks somebody pretty good in the first three rounds, and we all are hoping that they don't get hurt. That's fine. But it's all about finding value late. And that takes us into the topic of today's podcast, which is buy low players or avoid low players. Because there's there's two categories of player here. Um, we, we all have had some disappointments. There are 
fantasy football assets that were disappointing last year. Um, I'm sure you can agree. We we had a lot of disappointments. We always do. So now we come back. You have a bad taste in your mouth. Think about David Johnson. I'm going to throw the first name out there. Goes in the first round. Pick number six um, in the first round. RB6 last year. We dropped him a little bit. RB8. I don't have any shares of him because it was just slightly, happily, just slightly below what the market felt for David Johnson last year. So I didn't wind up with any shares. But if you did, you probably lost your league. And now even the name David Johnson gives you the heebie-jeebies. Well, you know what's <laughs> funny is that... Yeah. You know what it is? It's David Johnson's in a, has been uniquely bad. So he hasn't just been bad over the last three or four seasons. He's been uniquely bad. And let me explain. There's been no worse investment in fantasy football than David Johnson over the last three years because, and this is why, we've all drafted players that bust or get injured. Not only did he get, was he a first-round pick, like a top-five pick, a top-two pick in the last three rounds, but when he got hurt, you couldn't even cut him. The one year it was his wrist. You thought he was going to come back. You kept him on your roster, just rotting away there, clogging it up. The next year he came back, he wasn't as good, gets hurt, um, disappointed. Last year, more disappointment, and he still went in the first round. I mean, Remember, no, no guy no. is... Excuses, though. Let's talk about the excuse. Year two, because we're not stupid. The, the the situation keeps changing. Year two, different coaching. Uh, no Bruce Arians. Oh, they didn't know how to. They don't know how to utilize them properly. All right, year three, new coach. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's been an excuse. So you keep going back to the well. Yeah. No, and. It's because you know what it was, and it's um, a perfect lead into what we're talking about. Is that if a player has flashed significant upside in spurts, not just a game here, a game there, we hook back on to that. We we say, okay, we've seen it. It's been proved. It's not as you always like to say. It's not uh, projecting upside. Not it's not speculating. Not, not speculating. Right. That's yeah. what you always say. This has like been displayed proven upside and nobody's going to forget that david johnson won people fantasy leagues with he was a thousand yard rusher thousand yard pa uh, catcher with night with was it 80 catches and you know as it turns out he's just an oversized pass catcher he's not a between the tackles runner as well it just hasn't worked out and everyone's like well the offensive line for the cardinals was bad last year that's why david johnson couldn't get going what happened when our guy Kenyon drake got in there he started busted off big runs. So obviously it wasn't the line. It was David Johnson. So now he's on, he was traded uh, egregiously for DeAndre Hopkins. So he's on Houston. Now, before we, we form our opinion on David Johnson, we do have to acknowledge a few facts, a few facts, and then you can discard them if you want. Last year, nobody wanted Carlos Hyde and he did get a thousand yards for the Houston Texans. And the Houston Texans did trade away their first round pick and the, then their pick in 221 as well for Laramie Tunsil, who is considered one of the, the best tackles in the game. So he is going to be there. All right. So forget the dynasty aspect of Bill O'Brien. They have a first round offensive tackle and David Johnson, who is he at least as good as Carlos Hyde? If so, he should be good for a thousand yards, right? Keek? We're going to, we're going to have to see, man. Listen, the issue is buy low. We're talking about buy low candidates. How I mean, low, how low does he go? In best ball, he's going in the fifth round now, the end of the fifth round. But in regular drafts, where you know where the the, the running backs won't get pushed up as much, he'll probably settle in as like a mid six round pick. Okay, so there's a couple of things at play that's here. I love, but that's yeah, the definition that's of I love. That's fine, right? But there's a couple of things at play here. Number one, it's important to note that the Texans just have not produced fantasy points from the running back position. In years, and and it goes back many years, and and it's a team that should produce from the running back position, but doesn't, which is even more disturbing. If you had Lamar Miller, um, any of the last few seasons, you know my nickname for him was Lamar Miller because um, he's just meh, and and he was the starter on a high-powered offense that had a defensive focus. All of the stars are aligned on Houston for the running back position, and yet it doesn't work out. If you're but talking about Carlos Hyde. Thousand yard right. rusher. Do we really give a shit in fantasy football and and legit? Do we care about a thousand yard rusher anymore? All I care well, about is does he score the tutties? Well, he it was, he was useful. Now remember, now DeAndre Hopkins is not there anymore. That's going to free up, you know, a lot of of snaps and plays, and presumably they're not going to all be pass plays. Some of those are going to get that. Bill O'Brien traded for David Johnson. No, 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 no. This, this, I'm not going to allow that. He did not trade for David Johnson. And this is where I disagree. He traded 
for getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins only. And I believe, per, I, I firmly believe that having David Johnson come back was strictly about bringing a name back to ease and the some contract pressure. Not even that. I just think like he could at least say, well, I got back a star and David Johnson as if to say, relieve some of the pressure because Bill O'Brien doesn't play fantasy football. So he doesn't know the pain and the suffering that David Johnson and his serial killer ways. And yes, that's right. I'm calling him a serial killer of fantasy football teams. Yeah. He's, he's a serial killer of them because he's killed millions of them. So Bill O'Brien doesn't feel that. He doesn't know. He's like, I don't know. What? I don't know. He's like, he's like Littlefinger delivering Aria <laughs> to Ramsey Bolton. And he's like, I didn't know Ramsey Bolton was a torturer. I thought he was a nice kid. But don't you think he's going to at least feel obligated and to prove his point, like, hey, I was right, and force feed David Johnson the ball? Now, remember, David Johnson has proven his show displayed upside where he can get, he could be a pass catcher. And you got to think some of the 170 targets that DeAndre Hopkins got are going to go to David Johnson because he can operate as a pass catcher. And again, I don't think, you know, you're drafting him in the sixth round. Can he finish his like RB18? give you about yes. 11 fantasy points a week. You're happy with that, right? The answer is yes. Buy low. The risk is minimal. You can get him super late in your season long in the premium, premium running back leagues that are best ball leagues where we need bodies at running back in the sixth round, in the late fifth, early sixth. There's no running backs left on the board. You took some stud wide receivers early. That's why you're here fishing for a starter. The answer is yes. And even if you get Carlos Hyde from 2000, is Carlos Hyde still there? I don't know. But even if you get Carlos Hyde numbers from 2019. Duke, jo Duke Johnson's there. I mean, that's who's going to, you know, use some. But Duke Johnson has the same skill set. So that that's really weird. Right. So here's the other thing. So you're going to make a choice. And this is going to be a perfect segue into our next player that we're going to discuss. So. This is you're going to have to face this decision on the clock in best ball. If you need a running back at this point, it's going to be David Johnson or it's going to be James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Start. Mm -hmm. you, why don't you give me your rundown and then well, I can. Okay. Now, I, I'd like the Terminator better than David Johnson. And again, great. Another by low candidate. Your last season, Terminator Conner was at the end of the first round, early second round. You didn't mind him pick nine, pick ten. We've yeah. seen him have a good season with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm. Let me let me give you the history on him, and then because it, it it just to back everyone up in 2018, the Le'Veon Bell holdout season is when James Conner was drafted. Everyone took him in the you know somewhere between the ninth and fifth round, depending on when you drafted, and he finished as the overall RB five. I just wrote about this recently, and. Then in 2019, as you just said, he was picked somewhere between 11 and 15 overall. Disappointed, finishes the RB31. Very he bad missed, year. He missed six games, but he missed six games the year before, too. So heading into this year, there's a lot of speculation from beat writers in Pittsburgh that the Pittsburgh Steelers will spend one of their picks. They own uh, a pick in the second round, one in the third, and two in the fourth. That so they'll spend one of those picks on a running back. Now, if they use say one of those fourth round picks that could be more of an indictment on how they feel about the backups behind Connor. This is Connor's last year under contract and they could be in a run until the wheels fall off situation. If they take a running back with that second round pick, then I think we have a different situation. We also saw the emergence of Jalen Samuels. We also saw the emergence of Benny Snizzles, AKA Benny Snell. So there are, Big question marks with the Terminator in terms of his role on the team. Is he even the starter this year? Do they go to Benny Snell? It could be. I'm not saying, you know, is it a three-man attack with Snell, Connor? You've got uh, Jalen Samuel hanging out. You know that Ben Roethlisberger likes to check down to the running back. He Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense is an offense that produces points to the running back position. Very important to note. We didn't see it as much last year with the backup quarterbacks, but every Mason, with Mason Rudolph and duck Hodges. No, but every running back under the, a, a Roethlisberger regime, his style of play, very similar to his draft classmate, Philip rivers. Um, the, their style of play just produces points to the running back position. It's one of the reasons why you could be a little 
concerned about an Austin Eckler because without Philip Rivers there, it was it's been Rivers that's been consistently doing that. And the reason why Le'Veon Bell goes to the Jets, not the guy he was with the Steelers. Their well, offense produces points to that position, but you need the volume. So there's made, a lot of risk. You made one assumption, which is the same assumption I'm making, and it's the same assumption that the market's making. But I think that we need to just at least put a little highlight on here. Is Ben Roethlisberger even going to be back? Now, I know that signs are saying he will, but he got pretty banged up. He's 38, going to be 39 when the season, uh, I think when the season gets underway. Is it possible that this ends up being the Jameis Winston spot? We spoke about it a little bit. I forget if it was on a podcast or or, or, because Jameis has come out and his agent said he just wants a chance to revive his career. It's not about money for this season. He wants to go somewhere where he thinks he can re read. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah. I and mean, I think that if they can sign him for like eight, 12 million bucks, knowing that Ben, you know, I mean, there's no certainties with him and then have make a, make his contract incentive laden. So if he starts, he can make all the way up to like, say 20 million, $25 million with different starts and performance. But I think that would be the spot for him. Now let's say that let's just speculate for a minute. Do you like the running backs more or less with Jameis there? And in in some ways, I like them more, not because I like the way that Jameis uh, handles the running back position or how running backs have performed under him, but this would be my assumption in that scenario that Ben Roethlisberger still comes in and still plans to start, but he gets hurt. And now the biggest fear for me always with Steelers players is Roethlisberger's propensity to get hurt. You've heard me talk about it for years. Three or four of the past years, I've said, listen, Antonio Brown, you're taking on that Roethlisberger. You know, when Antonio Brown was the number two pick, I'd say, listen, Roethlisberger gets hurt quite a bit late in his career. And this was even three, four seasons ago. So that adds a lot of risk to any wide receiver attached to him because their backups have been so terrible. Now, let's say you have Roethlisberger, but my worst case scenario, and this this ties in actually to Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, that's that's I was, I was hoping you would go there because yeah. I was going to say, if Winston's the QB, he's already proven that he could support three pass catchers, certainly two, and that brings us to who? Juju. Yeah, Juju, who is another player on the list. So I think that whole Steelers offense, Juju, elite wide receiver that killed you last year, destroyed you. If... Was there a player worse to have on your team than Juju Smith-Schuster for real last year? Was he the worst? Yeah, because I we think have bad memories. But he, maybe Odell. Like these are a lot of these well, guys. I'll tell you he why. I'll tell you why. Because wide receivers, as general, when you when you draft them high, the whole idea of drafting wide receivers high is that you just put them in your lineup and you don't have to make those impossible decisions. Do I start Jamison Crowder or or uh, or Devontae Parker in past years? You're not making those crazy decisions. When you when you draft wide receivers high in the first two, three rounds, you're saying, hey, I'm going to stick these guys in my lineup. I know some weeks are going to be low, some weeks are going to be high, but overall I'm going to get my points. You stuck with Juju, and it just it, week after week it was soul crushing. You didn't make the playoffs, obviously, and I think he finished outside of the top fifty. I'm looking it up right now. Um, it, from, the most the most brutal part was he didn't even give you like three good weeks. It was just I think there was a good week in there. There, I'm, I'm looking at one, but it was yeah. destruction. But that good week was the one week you finally uh, capitulated and took yeah. him out. Like, well, here it is, and you take him out, and then he has the good week. You're like, oh shit, he's back, and then more destruction. Well, here it was, and the good week was not even like great. It was five five for one hundred three and a touchdown. It came after the bye, so against Miami. So there is a chance you probably played him there. I mean, but at that point, you're like. All right. The worst thing happened because then you played him and then you, you were forced to play him for three more weeks where he got less than uh, eight fantasy points each week. So it actually Brutal. was um, it was a bad thing because you, you had false hope again. Brutalized. Brutalized. I don't even know how that happened. Even now, I still can't put my brain around well, the QBs. Why they the didn't QBs were it. terrible. Yeah, but some of those other wide receivers would have a decent game once in a decent. while. Like, decent. Yeah, but, it, it was very bad. So. But now that risk is gone. Winston is a gunslinger. Um, Roethlisberger is a proven fantasy um, production sort of monster. Whoever he's throwing to tends to do really well. They have a style of play that does, you know, they throw those bombs. They have a style of play that produces fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So let, let's get let's uh, nuts and bolts. When when our all of the DFS army and everyone watching this is uh, drafting, Juju Smith Schuster right now is wide receiver fourteen. Overall, he's going at pick. Uh, let's see, his ADP is forty, so that is the beginning of the fourth round. I mean, that's actually counting for February. Let me do the since. Uh, uh, I, I always like to know what are the wide receivers that I have to 
pick, make, where are my choices at? Like it's either him or whom. All right. So, so he's like, right now he's Juju going in the or, he's going Juju's going in the middle of the fourth round. And the other receivers, and I think these are no brainers. Allen Robinson's going right before him. I think you definitely take Allen Robinson. He's but right, here's the here's the few guys that are going after him. And there's some interesting names here. Okay. The the four wide receivers by ADP are going after Juju Smith Schuster, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, DJ Shark. Okay. So here's here's my take on it. I like Juju above uh above Ridley, above Chark, and definitely above Keenan. I'm not a Keenan Allen guy. I don't How like Cortland Sutton. I'm gonna take Cortland Sutton ahead of Juju Smith Schuster, but that's a really close one. And actually I want to see who winds up as the Denver quarterback before I make a final. Well, assume it's, it's true lock, lock for now. Then I'll take Juju over him. All right. But here's here's and I agreed with your list except for one name. Um Calvin Ridley to me is is pretty interesting. And I'll tell you why. Because when you look at that wide receiving core, they lost Austin Hooper, replaced by Hayden Hurst. But he Hayden Hurst is going to be fine. I'm happy to take him as my tight end in the eighth, ninth, tenth round. But Austin Hooper was a target machine. So Julio was kind of maxed out already. I'm not, you know, there's not like he's going to get what he's going to get. He's going to get 180 targets. He's going to catch 115 balls and he's going to have his 1400 yards and whatever touchdowns. Calvin Ridley, there's room to grow. And I'm not convinced Russell Gage is going to be, you know, taking much of that target share. So I think Calvin Ridley right now in the fourth round is a little undervalued. I'm happy to take him there, but he's the guy that I would probably um, have a tough time when it came to him or Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, that's a fair point. That's absolutely a fair point. And, um, you know, I could be I could be without Hooper there. Hooper really was a 10 targets guy uh, for his healthy games last year. Um, the other increased possibility is that Julio Jones gets hurt. If Julio Jones does get hurt, which is he's been very likely. I, I mean, he's been it. last he's couple fine. of seasons though. He's been fine. I mean, that's okay, yeah. but he's another year older. He's always got the knee. He's always on the questionable. He's always questionable. You, you know who else reminded me of you know, Calvin Johnson towards the end of his career, always questionable knee issues. And then one day he's just like, I'm done with this shit. So yeah, but the last thing, so there's a risk there with Julio. He's old. The last two seasons, he's only missed two games. Yes. I mean, that's, but but nonetheless, I think the risk is there. The variance One of game. the past two years aside. So I think there's risk there. I always look at what's my upside. Like, all right, let's say there's a 30% risk that Julio goes down. That that elevates Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So that either way, like he's fine, but there is that possibility of a th of a boost. So yes, I, I actually am gonna agree with you there. Let's okay. move on to some more um buy low candidates here. Uh from some other teams. I'm not sure if some of these aren't aren't gonna be buy low, but Evan Ingram hurt. All season last year, I've got a couple good ones. Let's let's rapid fire a few of these. Evan Ingram shown a lot of injury history, but he's on a high powered offense, an exciting Giants offense. They don't play good defense. They're always in catch up games. They need to throw a lot. They don't have a lot going on at wide receiver really that that is commanding the football. So, what do you think of Evan Ingram? Tight end position, top six guy. I mean, if you go into Evan Ingram, um, there's the Giants haven't had a bigger flat tire than Evan Ingram because he has flashed amazing upside. I mean, he's literally a wide receiver that qualifies for a tight end. I mean, his body type, his speed, he has just been amazing. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen much of him with Daniel Jones at all. Um, but, you know, the the upside to be tight end one overall is there. I mean, it's there, but do you, I have, I mean, I'm like you, I have no faith that he'll stay healthy. He's currently going right around the fifth round. You're having to decide between him and Darren Waller. Um, I think at that, that point, like he, to me, still looks like the last of the tight ends. I feel comfortable starting every week without question mark. I mean, the only problem with him is injury, but if he's healthy, he's going to be, you know, a top scorer at his position. Um, I've ended up with him in a lot of drafts, dynasty drafts, also because he's so young at age 25. And then, you know, I'm like I said, um, the good thing about him, especially in like a dynasty league, or if you want, if you're doing in the best ball league, is last year uh, the backup, Jaden, uh, what's his name, Jaden Smith, who's the backup tight end uh, that flashed really well. Yeah, I'm just gonna look it up right uh, now. I'll, I don't want to say his name. Grab it, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, uh, not Jaden Graham. That's on the So it's Jaden. I think it's Jaden Smith. I'm. Just, let's just. I want to get this right for the people. I want to get this right. 
Um, but here, just Google it while I'm talking. Google it. I just want to make sure I have his name right. But anyway, he is he flat. He's 22 years old. The backup tight end looked like he was a real pass catcher. I didn't know much about him before last year, but if you can get him at the last round of your best ball, if you if you go early on Evan Ingram. This guy looks like he just steps in and can be competent. So if you like Caden Smith, by the way, just to say his name, Caden Smith. Okay. So, okay. Again, admittedly, I don't know much about him. I didn't think he was that great. I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah, there's no way I'm I'm buying Caden Smith. Maybe in a best ball league. Yeah, well, that, oh, yes, yes. That's exactly what I said. I yeah. said, if you want to go early on the upside of, of Evan, because in best ball, only first place gets paid. I mean, some of the other the places get some credits. That's fine. And Evan Ingram could be that difference maker for you. And if you want to go fourth round Evan Ingram because you don't want to get one of the early tight ends, you like your running backs there, Caden Smith is a guy that you could – get in the very last round, no one's picking him, and you could back him up. So you, at least this way, you know, what you always identify this geek. You always say, what's the thing that kills you in best ball? Taking zeros. Can't take zeros. Right. And if you get Caden Smith, it's a sound strategy that at least you won't take zeros. You'll get eights. You'll get sevens. Because when he did play, he got you four catches for 30 yards. That's seven points in a PPR. Yeah. Th- yeah. So I wanted to be clear. Like, he was not a, a, he was not a DFS asset, for example. No, no, no. This is a best Jeez. ball discussion but, yeah, best ball yeah. he 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 put up a few numbers but that kind um, of at least is a yeah. is is a donut in the back car with with evan ingram who could blow out at any point but more so my point with evan ingram is this we're not sure right now natural var- variance is very high in nfl in nfl injuries so right now we're not sure if he's an injury prone guy that just is always going to get hurt because he's just that build that person doesn't stretch enough i don't know why it happens to certain players or if it's just unlucky that the last couple of years he's just been hurt a lot right but then he comes out and has a full season in best ball health is very very important but we also have to understand our inability to predict it and to know like this is a young guy have these injuries been fluky or is it just what what to expect? We saw with like Tyler Eifert, hey, the fact he pretty much pulled off a full season, although they uh, un- uninjured. But before that, it was a pretty comfortable assumption that if you drafted this guy, he was getting hurt. You just did it so many years in a row. Evan Ingram's not quite there. He's only a couple of years into his career, you know, so he could turn it around. He could turn around and have a good full season. If he played a full year, out, it, all right, let me say that. If he had done the two injury seasons and then he played a full year out, Good. We would have forgotten about the injury season. We'd just be like, yeah, this is a top five guy. But because of this, well, he's still being drafted. All right. So he he, he canceled. But listen, okay. I want to circle back to Caden Smith one last time and then I'll leave it alone. Okay. As a backup, you can get in the last round. In the six, the final six games of the season, Geek, here was his family. He had four good games and two bad games. Okay. So remember, a tight end who any tight end. So here's his, his PPR fantasy points from week 12 to 17. 12. 13, 2, 7, 21, 17. I mean, you know what I'm saying? A couple good games are at the end. Yeah, you're right. A couple of very good games at the end. Right, and he was 22 years old. What I'm saying is that if you go for Evan Ingram and you're literally, you you don't know who the hell to take in the last round anyway, that might be a good backup. Very strong. And again, if you can guarantee yourself points from the tight end position, so I totally am on board with it. Like I said, you, you can't take zeros. And in, this, in my few years of playing best ball leagues, this is, yeah, I've had three years of playing them. The number one position that you're getting zeros from is tight end. And a lot of time now, of course, Austin, uh, Hunter Henry has been a big contributor to that. Yeah, but, you want to um, talk about him? No. Yeah, well, okay. well no, I don't even want to talk about because I don't think he's a bylaw. So I want to I want to stick to the bylaw. But he he was a big contributor to a lot of zeros the last couple of years. Yeah. But like I've been getting zeros from the tight end position. Those are the teams that don't make it. So if you can have a, a well, tight end with a legitimate backup, that hey, how play, often can you handcuff these guys? Right, Hunter Henry, if you take Hunter Henry, there's no, there's no handcuff. You're just hoping that your second tight end holds the, you know, yes, that's what it is like Virgil green back in the, like he <laughs> was doing shit. So, all right. Um, let's talk about another tight end since we're on this category and we're moving, we're moving, we're shaking, we're going fast and furious through the buy low candidates. How about your boy? Not my boy. Your boy, OJ, Orenthal, James Howard. Now, Last year, if you watch the Bowl Calls podcast, my Bowl Call was, don't draft that motherfucker. Everybody's speculating that he's going to be good when he's been shit every single season so far, right? But somehow, just off of pure speculation, he, he in ADP, he rose up to like 
TE4 or something. I was like, you guys draft him, right? I didn't have any shares. He went on and did exactly what he's done every single season of his career, which is average three or four catches a game and do nothing. And yet everybody loves this guy. I assume it's his draft capital. I assume he was drafted high. Maybe he's got talent or let me put it, talent. Talent. He's drafted high. I don't give a fuck about that. He hasn't done shit. Now you can get him still, you know, outside of TE1 ratio. Now Tampa has a new regime in place. Now the speculation is beginning. Well, you know, I didn't use him right. A new quarterback. What what should we do with OJ? All right. So, all right. You, you said a lot. So you want to talk about our guy, Oteri. Like talent. <laughs> I needed to quotation because I don't give a fuck if he's got talent. Well, if he doesn't produce, he doesn't produce. I don't care. Okay. You want to talk about our guy, Otarius Jabari? That's OJ. That's a rental that's James. Name. Oh, no, no, his rental. name is Otarius Jabari Howard. <laughs> that is the OJ. Okay? okay. So the case for OJ Howard leading into last season. So, okay, let's go back a year ago. Just so we're, ha- we're right now, it's what we're going to pretend, even though it's March of 2020, uh, sorry, April of 2020, we're just going to take a trip back to April of uh, 2019. OJ Howard led all tight ends in yards, uh, yards per catch and yards per target. Oh, no. Hold Are on, hold on, really hold on. Let me so, okay. hold on. Let me let me say it, and then you can. It's, it's short. You can led all tight ends in yards per catch and yards per target over the previous two seasons. Okay, we were thinking that he was in for a big volume boost with Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson uh, leaving, who basically had 180 targets. Okay, um, the easiest way to spot a breakout player is to find a talented guy with those exact metrics. So the case for OJ Howard makes sense. Now, we didn't what we didn't factor in was that James, like you pointed out Jameis Winston had more of a connection with Brate and that simply Bruce Arians, I guess it held true, uh has never really featured the tight end, which really makes for an interesting question this season with Tom Brady who as we know always had featured the tight end with going back to, you know, to, uh, Ben Watson and, and, um, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Hernandez and obviously Gronk. So the price is cheap. Is he a true buy low now? You know, don't have take lock on this meeting. I know you hate OJ Howard, but at his 11th round price, 12th round price, if you're punting tight end early, you could end up with a top tight end potentially. Yeah, I mean, this is a more reasonable location. That's why this is the buy low show. I wanted to do my rip on OJ Howard to start and just do my little dance of satisfaction for you were right last year. You were absolutely right. Yeah, for no, and I was just don't don't do it right. Yeah, but you your be- your reasoning was for, for being into him was right. I just don't like the speculation that high up. I'll speculate about a guy in the eleventh round yeah. uh, that might wind up being a, a good play, but I don't want to take a guy as a speculative play when I know that there are actual good players that we know will produce in the same area. Now, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What drives fantasy production? Is it the coach and, and the, the offense that's designed system or, system or, or talent, the right? quarterback? And he says, I like the tight end position. I like to throw to my tight ends. Bruce Arian says, I don't like people throwing at tight ends. I got fucking Mike Evans over here. I got Godwin. You don't need to throw it at anybody else. We have these two guys. That's all we do. We throw it to these two. So, you know, what wins? I think the offense generally wins, but we don't know if the offense will be retailered. And we don't even care. For the for an 11th round pick, the three or four targets a game is fine. And, and with Tom Brady under center, he is a much better red zone quarterback than what Jameis Winston ever was or will be. And that's where the tight end position comes the most into play. We want him to catch touchdowns. I do believe that there's a decent chance. Is, is Cameron Brate back with the team? Because Cameron I don't Bray, Cameron Brate is back with the team. And did, I think, and, I, and again, he is free in drafts. When I say free, I don't mean like, oh, some people say, oh, in the 14th round, he's free. No, like literally you could take him after the draft is over. Um, he is that free. So free. You could take him after your best ball draft is over. They'll, they'll, they'll allow it. They'll reopen it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and you know what? 
he could be the better tight end of the two. I, I'm not ready to say that's all. I'm all in on OJ yeah. Howard. Uh, I love the price. I'll take the risk. He's the young, but Cameron Brate is going to be there, and and you never know, Brady. You know. Uh, so the other thing I'm going to talk about, and I kind of joked about this. You know, when um, Brady wears number twelve, as everybody knows, TB twelve. Chris Godwin, Godwin has been wearing number twelve. So the question was on, you know, in social media was how much is Brady going to have to pay Godwin to get the number 12? Godwin obviously gave it to him, but I was kind of joking when I said it, but do you think that that gesture is maybe one seed of the trust that starts between those guys, the respect? And as we know, Brady is about trust and respect, and that's when he'll feed you the ball. If he don't trust, if he doesn't trust you, he's not throwing you the football. I and, think it was it was the right move by Howard to do it. Uh, I mean, by, um, Godwin. by Godwin to of do it. Of course it was. The goat comes on your team, you give up that number. But what I'm saying is he didn't have to. I, I know many players that probably wouldn't. And do you think that we could be looking at like a like 125 reception seat? Like, are you more in on Godwin now, or are you still like letting him fall to the end of the second round? You know, I need to let I need to let the whole thing simmer because I have this competing thought process of Tom Brady not having been a, a dynamic fantasy points producing quarterback but Edelman the last was. couple of years. Edelman was always a, Edelman was a top 12. Edelman has been a great wide receiver. Godwin plays a similar kind of a role to what Edelman does. I do like Godwin. So I like Where I though? like I think he's so much I, I think that Brady is so much more of an efficient quarterback than what Winston is that just the efficiency alone should make up for what I think will be a significant drop in volume. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You said you like Godwin. He's wide receiver six right now. Him or Julio Jones? Who are you taking? You just said that Julio I'm gets hurt. Godwin over Julio Jones. You're, okay. All right. Tyreek Hill. I love Chris Julio, too. I mean, it's a tough of call. Course. A tough All right. Call. How about this one? Uh, DJ Moore uh, with Teddy Bridgewater as the QB or Chris Godwin? That one should be a little easier for you. Um, fuck man. The, I don't, it's not that easy, but I'm going to go Godwin over DJ Moore. Okay. But, and then the last one I'm going to ask you is Tyreek Hill or Chris Godwin. Yeah. It's reek for me. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go Godwin over more, but, but I'm going to go reek over, over him. And yep. then the, the, the decision with Jones, I like Godwin a little bit better than Mike Evans, if that's fair. Oh, no, no, that, that, that's, a little bit. that's not only not, that's not only fair. That's the consensus right okay. now. Chris All Godwin right, goes ahead go. of Mike Evans in drafts right now. Yeah. Not, not like crazy, but I, I definitely like a little bit more. They're All right. Let me, let me, let me jump on some other names here that I think um, are interesting by low candidates. This is one I'm really interested in. Uh, Kariana Johnson. And I, I'm not sure I'm going to agree with you on this one. So I want to see where this goes. Carry on, very popular pick last year. Um, second rounder. You want me to want me to just start with Carry on Johnson? Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, you know, he was a second rounder last yeah. year. Yeah, so, right. so, so Carry on Johnson. Where's um, he going now? So let me, let me start. Carry on Johnson um, is going to be going to his third year. He's gotten hurt in the first two years, but we both saw what we saw. He looks like he glides. He looks like a great player. But going back to Carry on Johnson, uh, the lead up to the draft. Even at the combine, he said publicly that he doesn't see himself as a workhorse back. He sees himself. This is him. Usually the players go, oh, I could do it all. I'm the workhorse. Wherever they need me, I got this. on Johnson said in his interviews publicly that he sees himself more as a complementary piece to a committee. And all right, fine. Nobody took his word at that. But obviously that is going to, with his durability issues, that is probably the case. But Fine. That 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 works for me. He's going to be a pass catching running back. And if they can find a hammer to go with him right now, they have Bo Scarborough like as playing the LeGarrette blunt, blunt role, which we don't know. The jury's out. He's only in his you know first couple of years. Um, but carry on Johnson in best ball is going in around the sixth round. I think that's a, a nice spot for him. Now, if he's your RB three on your team. I think that's fair because last year disappointed was going as early as the as the the late second round. Um, I think this is a good spot. He's still young, and if he comes back from his injury and Matt Stafford is back, uh, I'm happy to take him there. Um, I, I haven't gotten too much of him except in a dynasty league. He fell a little bit to me. People are really scared off, but he's he's a guy that fla he fits into this category perfectly. Geek. He is flashed, and he's also had two years in a row of injury. What say you on carry on? Do you like him enough to buy him in the sixth round? All right. Well, let me just give the general opinion on the player first, because I think it's important to distinguish between a best ball 
sixth rounder and like somebody had taken my season long, but he's going to stay in the sixth round and season long too. This is, I am not touching this guy in the sixth round of a season long league. This guy will murder your lineups. If you have to start carry on Johnson weekly, even in the flex, you are in trouble. That is not a guy you want. Why? Because he's going to get all of the run in the worst part of the field. The lions do not throw to running backs at, at a level that is uh, enough to, produce fantasy point um, goodness from the PPR perspective. And so you're going to get misery because they're going to pull this guy out. Anytime you're in the red zone, he's not going to sniff the, the he's not going to sniff the end zone. Like, what do you think his, his under over on touchdowns is catching I'm three, right? So three and a half, you think like, so is, is it three and a half? You have the number. Well, I'm just no. I'm talking about like you wouldn't say you wouldn't say three exactly. Like the the under over yeah, would be three, three and a half. half. Oh, I thought yeah. you, I thought you had the Vegas. Oh no, I'll, I'll pull it up if you want. I'll pull it up. Like while you, we're there's a, I, it probably too early for props. I, I don't know that that exists. No, no, I, ha- I have a site that will give you the the estimated props. Okay, so like an estimated prop, but I'm gonna say like three touchdowns for this guy. So three and a half, right? That is not enough. That's okay for your best ball team. And again, we're trying to avoid zeros, so that's fine. But I don't like this place. My my preference when I'm drafting my best ball league is I've already filled up my running back spots, at least three, ideally four by the by the sixth round, but definitely three. And this isn't where I want to go. I want to go. I want to go wide receivers here in my best ball league. So this is a guy who will end up on none of my teams for this reason. I can't deal with guys who don't score touchdowns. All right. I don't like him. I don't like a guy who says I can only be a a, a, a timeshare back. My whole goal is players who want to play. All right. Well, here's the projection on him. So Vegas has him at so um, uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hammer the under on this. So Vegas is projecting him right now at seven rushing touchdowns. That's ridiculous. And one receiving. I mean, that's again, this this is not an official like, number that's, that's on the board. This is a projection site based on where they think things are going to be, and this is up to date, by the way. And just yeah, to let you I, know, if I could bet the under on that all day, you can, you can bet the under. Is that bettable right now? Um, I mean, we'd have to check with yeah. our friends over at Sports Bet Army, but um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll I check mean, it out. But that's that's an under I would hammer the shit out. Here's all the right. here's the projection on him just for the year. It's uh, it's two hundred and five carries, eight hundred and thirty yards. Uh, seven touchdowns, two uh, thirty catches, two hundred fifty yards, one touchdown. That's his projection. I mind the projection outside of the seven touchdowns. I don't see how he he a guy who's not going to touch the the football in the um in b- between the twenty and the goal line is going to okay. have that. They they have shown that they will religiously put in even when it was Legarrette the ghost of Legarrette Blunt who couldn't even move anymore. Yeah, they they would throw him in there. They will have some name Zach Zenner, somebody who you never heard of. Smashing Benny Snell, uh, not Benny Snell. Uh, who was the guy last year that they Bo had? Scar- Bo Scarborough. Yeah, Bo Scarborough. They'll have some fat, slow, big dude that they bring in. He won't score either, <laughs> but that's what they're going to try to do. All right, let let's talk. Let let's keep moving here. There are a lot of names. Well, do you um, want do you want to um you want, let's do one or two more and then we can call it a show and then come back and maybe hit some other, we'll do as many as you want, but we're no, I mean, we can hammer these out, man. There's, you know, okay. we'll, we'll push faster through a few of these other names I've got written down here. Go ahead. Um, Joe Mixon. I don't think he's a buy low candidate, but more of a guy who is bouncing off of what I think was a disappointing season, but he's now pretty much ranked higher than he was last year. So he's more of a buy high, but I've got Joe well, Mixon as a potential, I don't like I said I don't see it as a buy low because right right and I and I think that's right because when I put him on the list it's it's okay this is the story with Joe Mixon so you drafted Joe Mixon last year probably in the early second round maybe you got him in the late second round by the time August rolled around and you didn't make the playoffs it didn't work out this has been well documented I've sent this out he's on basically a lineup murderer but, that that but, you want to consider going back to but they're getting um. Jonah Williams back as their first round pick last year. He didn't play at all. He's a big giant tackle. Uh, presumably Joe Burrow is going to be an upgrade at QB. The guy looks pro ready. All right. Uh, he's 24 year old rookie. He's going to be pro ready. Um, and you know, in the last four games of the season, I mean, Joe Mixon has performed despite all the conditions being horrible. I think AJ green coming back on a one year deal helps Joe Mixon opens up the field a little bit. And like I said, Joe Mixon got you about 17, 18 fantasy points per game down the stretch last year after week 13. So that's what we like to see. Guys that we had high expectations for, 
situations crumbled around him, and at the last month of the season, they were able to produce. That's how you found George Kittle. That's how you found Joe. That's a, and that's the situation with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. A lot of people are going to be down on him. I think in in your home league, he probably won't even go in the first round. In best ball leagues, he is because people go running back crazy. So I'm in. I'm buying Joe Mixon at, at the um, you know at his price, which is somewhere between pick seven, eight, and you know the early second round. Uh, but you know, I mean, he's young, he's healthy, and his situation's improving. Um, Let me tell you, you've been a buyer of Joe Mixon I every have season. I'm You're a, a Joe Mixon truther, and it always, always doesn't work. That's not it true. Worked. I mean, it really hasn't worked. Didn't work last year. Definitely didn't work last year. First round pick, or, or top of the bottom of the first, top of the second. He's back in the same spot. I'm taking... Kenyon Drake ahead of Joe Mixon, and yeah. therefore I will not wind up with any Joe Mixon shares. Not because I don't mind the guy. I kind of don't mind him. I think he'll be fine. But there are guys who, where he's going, he's currently projected as RB8, right in the range of uh, Aaron Jones, yeah. Derrick Henry. Right. I like Austin Eckler better than those guys. I like Kenyon Drake better than those guys. So I can just tell you that for me, he won't wind up on my team because – where he is, I, I relative to who I like a little bit more. But that being said, I do agree with you. I think the situation is improving in in Cincinnati. My biggest concern with Cincinnati was always this: refuse to commit to him. You know, when they give right. him the ball, he does great. But yeah. they, they, well, would you agree with this? Would Would you agree with this that he has top two overall RB one upside? Like he could literally finish as one of the top two best fantasy backs. Like he uh, has I, it I, in his I, range of outcomes. I, I I can't go that high. You'd need massive injuries. No, I don't think with injury. I think just with performance. I mean, he's going to be better. You know, you can even talk about him versus Christian McCaffrey. No, no, I said top two. I didn't say so, top right, one overall. So we eliminated one. So you're saying he could get all the way to number two. Right. I'm Okay. So when you take someone like uh, Austin Eckler, right, and who I love, I've documented, you're not thinking he's going to be a top three back, even though he finished pretty damn close to it last year, right? Um, you're thinking you're, you're hoping Austin Eckler finishes in the top six or seven running backs. Like you don't expect it RB one overall. Um, I think Joe Mixon, again, it, you know, you've, you've already pointed out that I might be um, overly emotionally invested in him, but I think he has it in him. I think he's still young. Was he 23 years old? Uh, that offense is improving everything. And he has performed despite all the conditions caving in on him now that the conditions will be presumably better. Uh, I like Joe Mixon. Um, I'm back in move on. I mean, that's, that's fair. I like Joe Mixon as well. And I think you could make arguments between him and let's say like even some other guys who are, who are higher up there, but certainly like, I like him over a Nick Chubb, you know, a Josh Jacobs, you know, there are definitely areas there. I, I can make an argument even for, we're not that far off then. We're yeah, not it's not it's not crazy. I just like some other guys a little bit better, and I have a hard time going and taking a guy in the first round who has disappointed year after year. Yep. Um, let me throw another name at you, and this is this guy I kind of like, Adam Thielen. There's no Stefan Diggs over there. He killed your teams the last couple of years, both with injuries and with just not being as productive as he's been in the past, less volume. But we've seen what, um, we, we've seen what happens. When Adam Thielen is the only guy out there for the Vikings, the Vikings are a run heavy offense. We know this. They are, I'm going to call them San Francisco light. If you give them the chance to lean on the run, they're going to do it. Their, their pass catchers aren't going to do great, but there's usually room for one guy to do well every single game, even when the running back position dominates. And you know, that's been Diggs or Thielen or sometimes neither. Now Diggs is gone. Yep. No more Diggs. So I, I think you point out something really interesting is that last year Adam Thielen was a second round pick this year. You're getting him in the late third, sometimes early fourth, but he'll settle in as an early third. Like you're going to be deciding between Odell Beckham and Adam Thielen when it's all over and everything's set up for him. I mean, he's literally the only game in town and they, the Minnesota Vikings recently to replace him signed Tajay Sharp as their second wide receiver. I mean, that's what you want. They're probably going to yeah somebody. But right. that's what you want. And they will. But here, yeah. here again, I think you hit on it. Like Adam Thielen is going to be the best wide receiver value in fantasy football. And I'm glad you pointed that out because people aren't going to want him. Um, like he's worthy. You ever like, I want to keep it for myself. So yeah, I but the fourth round of my best. You made, a you made a decision in 2015 that you were going to become an analyst and you forego uh, keeping those secrets to yourself. You just forego. For that, just no one was watching. 
Well, that's my point. When DFS Army exploded onto the scene and everyone started paying attention to what you were saying five years five years ago, that's when you had to make that decision. Am I no, going to be a player or an analyst? But no, I, yeah, I love Adam Thielen this season. No, it's the, a great the drop one. is crazy. Why? Why? You know, he he's shown what he can do. When the volume is there, he's produced. I'm not a like a fan of the Vikings where I get to blah, oh, I hate yeah. Kirk Cousins. I don't care about that fandom bullshit. All I care about is volume, opportunity, and and cost. And I'm right. getting it for cheap. The volume is going to be there. The cost is great. So right, you ready for ready for this? Ready for this? I'll give you some Adam Thielen stuff that'll back up your point right here. His um his target projection is 120 targets. I think that's low. All right. Uh, Mike Clay of ESPN, who has been really good with uh, projections, has him as his wide receiver eight overall ahead of Galladay, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper. Oh boy. Yeah. So, like I said, smart people like yourself, like I think, again, Mike Clay, and, you know, they're on it early. So, you know, this is why we do early best ball so we can get some of that value because by the time uh, your home league friends start paying attention and they start looking up ESPN projections and they'll look up Matthew Berry's, they'll look up all the, you know, but Mike Clay is still a little bit under the radar, even at ESPN. Like he agrees with what you're saying. And I know you haven't done a deep dive in it yet. So your intuition is absolutely correct here. And I agree with it. I agree with that. I still think he'll be a value. That's the guy when you're doing an early best ball draft. That's one of those guys that, like, you should your heart should, as as it's getting like around where his ADP is, your heart should be pounding because you're like, I need to get him, I need to get him, I need yeah. to. You're gonna take him a little ahead of his ADP just because other people are gonna know about it. So he's he's one of those spots for me when I'm drafting where my heart starts pounding a little bit, knowing I'm still probably you know twelve or fifteen picks ahead of where he might normally Doesn't be going. Matter. But I want to make sure I get him on my team. And, you know, then if you have like that 11, 11 or 10th pick and who should I take the chance of these four th- that you're going to be making decisions, uh, you know, but that's one of those guys. That well, here want you go. To I'll, I'll, I'll set you up with one. Amari Cooper or Adam Thielen. Oh, I'm going to take Cooper because I believe I can get Thielen in the next turn. All right, but I or just in a, va- in a vacuum, asking, like, yeah. Like in the draft, I'm going to take Cooper there because I know I can't get him, but I think I might be able to get let's, Thielen at a bargain. Let's but say if you're asking, in a we'll let's say a you're team. in a draft with like really sharp experts. You're in like with some of the top names, including like Mike Clay, who had said, and so you know there's no value going to slip. Okay, you're not playing against a bunch of you know just guys. You're playing against sharp guys, and you're in the middle of the third round. You have your two running backs, and it's time to take your first receiver. You, you're still going to go Cooper over Thielen. I am, but but okay, I'm, that's fair. That then that's yeah. fair. Um, but, but it's right there. That but just that you can ask that question. It's such a fair question. And and right after Cooper, these other names are where I really want to take Thielen first. Like Cortland Sutton going ahead of him. How about um, Odell Beckham? That's Odell Beckham. I'm taking Thielen over Odell Beckham. Um, I'm taking Thielen over Sutton. I'm taking Thielen. Hell yeah, over Keenan Allen, who's another guy we need to talk about. So, um, Keenan Allen. All right, this will be the last guy. This will be the last guy. Well, I, I yeah. Th- let me see if we have any other really important ones before we get to him. Yeah. All right. So let's end with him because that is. I mean, we talked about Will Fuller, but I don't know if that even falls in this category. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. All right. Well, we'll do two more. We'll do yeah, two more. I, I want to bring up Will Fuller as well, but let's All talk right. about Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's just like he's for me a guy drop for good reason. No, no, mm. no. Stop with the Keenan Allen. He was only good when he. I, you don't even need to. I, I'm going to let you weigh in, but I have uh, I have a rant on this guy. So Keenan Allen, fucking guy, his superpower. He's a good route runner. He's like a Julian Edelman. His superpower is his volume. He's never been a big play guy. He's never been a guy that produces high yak. He's just a guy who gets 14 targets, 11 receptions, like volume. Now the issue is twofold. Number one, Rivers is gone. And you can't rely on whoever comes in uh, to replace him as being sort of could be a rookie. I mean, right now it's set to be Tyrod Taylor, but it could end up being a rookie. You give me Tyrod Taylor to helm. I don't want anything to do with any wide receiver on that team. That is death to wide receivers. People don't forget. He's not good and he can't complete passes, but they'll have a rookie come in. Keenan Allen dead to me. He needs volume. There are, there are other weapons on the team. Now there's Hunter Henry. There's, Mike Williams, there's too much. There's too many weapons for him to command 14 targets, 16 targets a game. He doesn't have a quarterback to do it. Do not touch Keenan Allen. Well, here you go. I don't care how far he, but this is the 
Don't buy low guy. Don't buy low. The avoid guy. The avoid guy. But avoid this low. Is, where do you think he's going in drafts right now? Like without looking it up. Like where do you think he's going? I'm, I'm assuming he is maybe in the WR top no. of WR two. So I'm going to say wide receiver thirteen or fourteen in drafts. Okay, so he's. You know what? Take a guess what round he's going in. It's really tough for me to make that guess because I don't. I haven't done okay. enough best balls to remember. All right. Let's say round five or four or five. Yeah, right. He's going. He's going very early round four. So he's not. He's solidly out of the top thirty-six. So he's out of round three. He's oh, going thirty-ninth overall. What? And and I'm going to tell you. So he's going wide receiver seventeen. He's okay. going. The guys that are going ahead of him are Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cortland Sutton. Now, more importantly, here's the guys that are going after him. And we already agreed that Calvin Ridley should be above him. Okay. Now here's to your point, DJ shark, Adam Thielen Diggs, and DK Metcalf are going after him. Every one of those guys I take above uh, Keenan Allen. I'll throw some other things at you. Devante Parker. I want him more. Um, Cooper cup. I like him better. Yeah. Cooper Uh, cups going ahead of him. Devante Parker is falling. He he's actually seen his ADP fall about a round and a half. And I think again, that's just a market correction that um, he was going a little too high. He was going like, on the three, four turn early on. And uh, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, with it, as long as Fitzpatrick is, we don't know that that will happen. Oh my if God. That, I, I, we don't know if, if Fitzpatrick's going to be the quarterback, but if he is, I definitely like, um, uh, be a, Parker a bit, be a but yeah, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods. There are a lot of names that I, I want almost everybody. I will not have, I have not had a share of Keenan Allen on any of my teams the last few years. This will not change. This is a, a sell low. Sell, don't buy, don't buy. Now, next, final guy, final guy, and you, you, you're in agreement. So I don't, we don't have to have an argument about it. You're in agreement on Keenan Allen. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, he was even in his heyday. I never liked him yeah. as a, a, a couple of years. I was wrong, but he was never a guy that I wanted to draft because he didn't score tutties. He did, you know, just again, I got it wrong a couple of years, but I'm, I'm not going back there. I'm, yeah. No I'm go. Off. No, don't take him now. Don't in buy the six, if, if it's in like the sixth round. Good. Sure. Why not? My wide receiver three. I'm in. It's like if you didn't ride, you know, the stock all the way up and now you start buying it and it's the beginning yeah. of the downturn. You don't want to do that. All right. Final, final player. Will Big Willie style. Will Fuller. The only game in town for the Texans. The only game. There's no one else. There's they don't have any other wide receivers no, on the they, roster. They, they do. One guy. They got some guys. They got no, some guys. No, they're not real. Only Will Fuller. And he gets hurt. Usually after two or three games, he he has about, so his history has been, he can play about two, three games and then he's done at that point. After that, it's going to be Deshaun Watson, just like throwing it to himself. He's going right. to, he's going to catch it himself. They have no wide receivers. Right, so Uti, my, no, no. my ass. All right. But they do. Kenny stills is capable. He's, he's flashed some upside again. Is he, he's probably better off as a team's wide receiver three than, than as a two, but He's capable, and they. I mean, you're going to laugh, but he deserves consideration. Is that they just signed Randall Cobb and they gave him real money? So, I, I don't know what's worse: trading away DeAndre Hopkins both. or paying Randall Cobb. Both. What is going on for the Texans? All right, all right. How much time you have? That three minutes. Yeah, you go to rant. Bill O'Brien. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? I want to <laughs> rant more on Bill O'Brien, except he keeps making the playoffs. So it's like. Good coach, bad GM. Like, what is happening over there? Yeah, is he good coach? Terrible GM. What? If I'm a Texans fan, I'm losing my mind. Why can't you get me a proper running back? Well, you got Lamar fucking Miller. Then you bring in all these. All- now now you're trading away our best player because, because what? He was insubordinate? Like, I don't understand what the hell's going on. Why are you screwing over Deshaun Watson? He's a great quarterback. You're screwing him. There's no wide receivers over here. Will Fuller gets hurt after week three. I know. I've got him on multiple dynasty teams, and I'm not that excited about it. Bill O'Brien. Jeez. What the hell's wrong with you? Fucking bring in David Johnson. The guy can't run. He hurt his arm, and he can't run. How does how does a hand injury translate into a guy who can't run anymore? You've had two years to rest your freaking legs. All right. Rant yep. off. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to dunk on Bill Bryan right now, Bill O'Brien right now. So, uh, you know, no arguments from me. Um, yeah, but like I said, uh, getting back to the, the main point of the conversation was Will Fuller uh, at his price. I, I'm in, <laughs> you know, like it's it's the it's it's creeping into the sixth round still. I mean, you're talking about like weak winning ability. And even if you get it four times in the whole season, that's enough 
at the price. Uh, in season long, it's going to be a little tougher to trust him, but if he's your wide receiver three, you know, in, in season long, he falls to like the eighth round or like a ninth round in super flex. I mean, I, I love it because for my wide receiver three, some people are play the, the the strategy. Hey, I just want Cole Beasley to get me my eight, nine points a week. I'm, I'm cool with that. That's Cole not how Beasley I was, was putting up 25. You, you know what I'm saying? That type of receiver. Yeah, I know what you're they, saying. They, yeah. they want their nine, 12 points every week from their wide receiver three and they're happy eight points. What, how I play my wide receiver three is I want the guy to win me the week or, you know, and I understand he's going to get zero sometimes. Like I love Deshaun Jackson as my wide receiver three peak should Deshaun Jackson. I love having guys like Will Fuller, in my wide receiver three, because they crush everyone's soul. Before. They'll give me four wins that I shouldn't have gotten. Their their projection is never great, too. Your opponents yeah. are like, oh, he's got Will Fuller. He's got that 11. You know, it's like that right. low. And, and it means nothing, that 11, because it's yeah, either a I mean, two or it's a 42. Now, I, I have a medical question. If you get hammies injured all the time, can you just, like, change your stretching regime? Yeah, some guys. And figure that shit out? Like, how can a player always have a bad hammy? At some point, what are you doing that is causing you what? to not be able to have a hamstring that holds up. You, you know what it is. Exercise routine. What the fuck is going no, on? No, it, it's it's usually you, you know you'll laugh because you know where this is coming from, but it's the, it's what they're eating. Yeah, it's how they're uh, hydrating. It's how they're sleeping. Th that's what I'm saying. These are correctable things. How, as a player, do you not have a full time person up your ass, nutritionist, uh, um, uh, trainer? You know, one of these guys that comes in and says no. This is this is the routine. We're gonna strengthen up those hammies so you can make it through a season. And send freaking Jillian Roberts over there to kick this guy's ass. Now Jillian Roberts was like the worst name. That's how bad TB12 needs to send his guy over to Will Fuller. All right, who's Tom Brady's guy? That yeah, dude that, worked that, the TB12 guy. Uh, I wonder if I, he'll be on the sideline of. Uh, he will be. They already told him yeah. that. He can run the team. He's going to be the head trainer. Like Tom Brady's coming in and running shit. TB12, motherfuckers. So they need to get Will Fuller some TB12 thing going on so that they could fix up that hamstring issue and he could play a season because it's not like he has a bad knee. I'm much more concerned about a bad knee, arthritis, a bad shoulder for a quarterback. Hamstrings that are always hurt? Like, dude, you got to figure out a way to stretch it out. You got to figure it out. No arguments there, my friend. And um, yeah, I think we we covered this was a really important podcast because this just shows that they, you can, you know, you're going to pick your 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 team, how you're going to pick it. But there really are some interesting values early on that are going to dry up. And I think that this is these players that we've identified, some of them good, some of them bad, even including guys that no one in your league wants, like David Johnson, James Conner, are going to be useful assets given their their draft costs right now. So um Love talking to you, man. Love that we we cover this. We can, you know, we'll we'll be back again soon. Do what you do best. Wrap it up. Tell them what's going on at DFS Army quickly, and we'll call it a podcast. That's right. So good stuff. I love these. I love talking fantasy football. It makes me feel normal. Like this this car. I just want to say this conversation today. We're in the age of we're in a really weird time. We're all quarantined. We're in our house. It, it's just weird. We're not we're not getting the the fantasy fix that we normally do. This discussion makes me feel normal and i hope that and it just brings back like happy memories for me of fantasy football and crushing my crushing my friend's dream right a little bit of normalcy so a little bit of normalcy so i hope that everybody appreciates that and um you know so stick around we'll be back each week if you're watching this on youtube like subscribe make sure you do that that way you'll get a notification when we go live with these like and subscribe like and subscribe like and subscribe wherever you're listening podcast podbeam whatever do you now, mind if I um, just tell people follow my Twitter as well? I'm uh, I'm I'm doing I'm putting some interesting content on Twitter, my rankings that we're starting to put out for DFS Army. So if you don't mind, it's at Alan Seslowski, A L A N S E S L O W S K Y. It's in the podcast description. Just go over to Twitter, give me a follow. Um, I I don't uh, I don't. I promote it too much because I want to keep a nice tight group. But if we can get some of the DFS army guys over there, I'm really going to start some pumping out some of these rankings. So uh, come over, give me a follow. And if you don't follow um, uh, Kevin, the geek, he's at F football geek. That's two F's football geek. And he too is, is doing all this crazy stuff with um, the esports and all that stuff. So even well, we'll get it, into, yeah, we'll get into uh, obviously follow us on Twitter um, and, and, in DFS Army right now, what we're doing, aside from our focus on best ball leagues, um, says is going to be putting out full blast best ball rankings here. Mm -hmm. We're 
we're in March. Like it's super early. Wait for the oh, in April. April. Yeah, draft is coming to. Oh, we're in April. That's right. Um, draft is coming soon. At that point, after that, we'll have full blast best ball rankings. We'll have season long rankings, dynasty rankings, all that good season long content. And of course, if you're looking for your DFS fix, jump into DFS Army. It is still a good time to jump in because we're covering esports now. We've got League of Legends going. We've got oh, CSGO right. going. We've got. Rocket League going. There, there are Sims going on. So we're still able to play. We're still able to get our fix. No one go crazy betting on kids playing video games. But at the same time, there are big contests going, and we have the best team. We put together an incredible content team of people who legitimately love esports. Watch it regular, not people who are just like, "Eh, I need my fix. I'm gonna like try to figure this shit out." I'm talking about people who have been playing DFS esports, League of Legends, Advantage DFS is one of our guys. Um, Taco, uh, one of our guys, these guys were top players and they're awesome. They really love this stuff. So go to dfsarmy.com, check it out, check it all out. A lot of the content's free. Um, you know, we have our optimizer going for league of legend right now. It's really, really sweet. Been crushing it. Best optimizer in the business. So get in there, check it out. And of course we will be back. Another bowl calls podcast, probably next uh, week or so, maybe a focus on the actual NFL draft coming up. We'll do some. Yeah, draft. You want, you want me to go over my? Uh, do you want me to go over my? It, you know, on the next one, we can go over my pre-draft top twenty-four if you want. Yeah, and we're putting that contest together too. We, we've yeah. got a contest coming, uh, a, a little tournament for DFS Army members, um, kind of based around the NFL draft. So stay tuned for more info Ooh. on that. We're also looking at potentially adding some new best ball partners Ooh. that can set up some promotional contests for our listeners and viewers um, to do best ball leagues. So again, stay tuned for that next time. Meanwhile, for says, season long says, for myself, Kevin Allen, a.k.a. The Geek. Till next time, that's your bulk call podcast. All right, brother. Bye-bye.